0: Ahoy, hoy, Noiros! Must have been a week, huh? Did you count them? The days? I did. Every single one. Paul McCartney's a fucking liar. Seven days later, here we are bringing you another episode, a legendary episode. Yes. So we better bring the, the funk.
1: Yes. I've been waiting get, for this and one. Get
0: out of our, our funk. I, we have... I, I We'll get into it. There's so much to say. Uh, yes. Welcome to the show, Gentleman Joey. Here to talk insurance with you. And by his side, we're making sure these claims are legit. I got my inspector, Inspector Dan.
1: I'm here. I'm ready to inspect any any claims that are made.
0: That's good. A real prospector, Dan.
1: I try. Prospector
0: Dan, that might be for the next run of uh, (laughs) episodes, huh?
1: (laughs) Yeah, once we start getting back into some Westerns, yeah, I think that I think I'll think i have to kind of morph into that. I'm
0: forever coming back to Westerns. I don't know if that instance could ever really happen again, unless it's just by the end, of, we've run out of noirs, and they're just like, what do you want to watch? I mean, I could see us doing like a... spin off. Well, I mean, like, you know, maybe we'll get a little wild a little wild if we're thinking the West, and just be like, hey, here's like a, a month of Westerns for no reason whatsoever. Yeah, That's just I'm, op- I'm open of, to it. The kind of people we are. Yeah, why not? You've already seen what kind of uh, tomfoolery we're up to. We've we pulled some some tricks in this podcast already. Yeah. You'll never know. It's true. We've got pockets and they're full of secrets. Welcome <laughs> to the show. <laughs> exactly. Do you, uh, you have a good week, Dan? Oh, yeah, it was all right. Catch um, us up on what we missed since uh, The Naked Kiss. Hopefully is... your feelings warmed up a little more towards that movie.
1: Yeah, I, I actually, like, I did reflect about it, like, the last couple of days, actually. Like, I was thinking about it, like, a little bit, just, like, my thoughts on it. And, yeah, like, I feel like... I think with any movie, I think a lot of times, especially for the ones that, like, I may have felt differently about, I, I sometimes you should be open to, like, trying them again. Like, I, I feel like maybe this in the my right suggestion,
0: Dan. I'm going to be you IRL next week when I deliver you a Beachwood Sparks tape and an Ozma tape and all the other tapes I owe you that I've released from this year and mm-hmm. are finally coming about. Oh, boy, it delays. I don't like them but they're rampant in this industry everyone started a record label dan jesus christ the kids are
1: the kids are releasing records these days i'm huh? glad
0: but man everyone's just using that <laughs> stimulus check to be like ah oh, let's put some stuff out and a lot of times too it's just like you and you should get together you know each other and you should pull your resources and you could be something you know everything is so spread out but i'm happy to see everyone putting their art out there making things physical nothing wrong with that but You're making my tapes come out late and that's a little bit of a bummer. Yes. (laughs) But it's okay. As long as they're good and get ferret tape, not chrome. Okay, this is way too inside baseball. But I'll be making (laughs) a delivery to you, Dan. And I'm going to put my Blu-ray copy of The Naked Kiss on there. And I think when you're ready for it, Mm -hmm. when you have yourself a nice little the day off or something The the sun's starting to shine by now we've already we're already experienced sweat by the time this episode comes oh out. yeah i mean i already got droplets they're ready to form i can They'll, see them yeah. the whole gang is ready to go also i need a shower dan it's true there might be part of it <laughs> a little that might be grease and not sweat but yeah that uh i'll bring you the copy and when you're ready for it give it another shot and and we'll revisit cool
1: yeah i'm i'm open to it
0: i'm glad you're open that's what Ch- i like about you
1: change change my mind <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely i mean i think it, it, I, I just want to at least get your it, see if that opinion stays i think i i blame the print on that one yeah. so much so i, I you know it, it is kind of like the last gasp like is if this is gonna work it'll work and now you know what to expect too that might help but yeah listen to, you listened to the last episode you you heard all this welcome to the show
1: <laughs> welcome <laughs> back welcome back yeah, no, I, like I said, yeah. I'm, you want to talk Criterion,
0: Dan? I saw that they've lost the Paramount license on a lot of their movies. They so did. Many just went out of print. I've been slacking on Rosemary's Baby, and now it costs a hundred dollars on the the black market. Really, I did. Yeah, not Paramount hear that. decided they're going to be doing their own boutique releases. And, not surprised. Uh, yeah, I mean, they just launched the streaming service. I mean, well, they really they just rebranded the streaming service to be all in on paramount they're like nobody cares about cbs that's for geezers now paramount that's what people yeah. they think youth when they hear paramount yeah
1: that that's what I, all, all the all the youth are really looking for. right tom it. cruise yeah. is wait is days of thunder on there or something
0: i think he's still under i don't know if he's under contract with them but he had a deal with them for a while like all the mission impossibles are through paramount was top gun maybe i, I think it was yeah it's been a while since i've uh started Top Gun from the beginning. I feel like I'm just catching it when I'm flipping through. Maverick, the sequel long awaited sequel. <laughs> coming coming already filmed and, and edited and ready to go. Coming soon.
1: Oh yeah. What, what are it, your
0: thoughts on Maverick?
1: Well first I will say that I, I confirmed, fact check that it is Paramount was the Woo! at least the the the, uh, the original one. I don't know I can't I'm assuming the, the remake will be as well. I can double check I think out.
0: they got their their meaty hooks into Tom Cruise it is. Like, pretty much after Top Gun they're like this guy's got the goods because you never even hear about like, studio contracts anymore. Like, a lot of times, maybe it's a director that has the development deal. Yeah. But nobody actor-wise, everyone's a free agent for the most part. I think
1: it's it's tough for me. Like, I, I did I like the original movie? Yeah, I did. But, like... What are we talking with, about? Top Gun.
0: Top Gun. Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> I was the, like, what got remade? But yes.
1: But yeah, but I feel like with... I feel like it's just everything now is, is turned into this where it's just like they find some angle, just like the Rocky movies. They find some angle of like some lineage that they can just use to use as like a a springboard to make something else. You know? I'm a
0: little more forgiving for Rocky just cause it's been around for so long. and been doing that. I agree. I, I, I think I mean, some I just of use it's that, interesting. Yeah. Of course. Uh, great example, Dan. I'm not poo pooing your example. I'm just, I'm just sticking up for uh, the Italian stallion here.
1: I am a fan of Rocky. I'm not, I, I'm we've, not we've, we've gone yeah. over this. We yeah. love
0: Rocky. Of course. Of course. Everybody's a, a winner with Rocky. If you're, if you're on board. I mean, we're, In the Philadelphia adjacent area, me coming live from it, so that would be bad. I I want to continue living here unharmed.
1: Yeah, exactly. You won't be able to run through the streets of
0: if I ever move. Then ask me what I really think about Rocky. Uh oh, I love it either way. Don't worry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I got a little scared there.
0: But the best part about Top Gun, maybe maybe less at the time. You know, of course, I wasn't really cognizant when that was a thing. It was just sort of like, here's Top Gun when I was ready to rent movies. And the soundtrack was still hot on the radio. Yeah. Danger Zone was still flying and uh, take my breath away. But Tom Cruise is kind of like the weakest link in that entire movie. I mean, I'm a Val Kilmer diehard. So already it's just like, okay, Iceman. Come and, you know, <laughs> I know he makes an appearance in this new one, but we've all seen Val Kilmer's current condition, unfortunately. And yeah. I can only imagine what we're going to get.
1: Well, speaking, speaking of Val Kilmer, uh, Ooh, I, I, re- like this. I, I, I recently rewatched Top Secret. I'm, Talk I'm about assuming, a maverick. I'm assuming you're a fan.
0: Am I a fan of uh, Top Secret, the greatest spy war, World War II movie of all time? Yeah, I love that
1: movie. I, I kind of figured that you did. Yeah, I, it's been a while. I've always loved that movie. I, I always like remember going underrated. to the
0: video store, and before I even saw it, it looked so risque because you look at the back of the box – and one of the ways they were trying to sell it to you was the scene from the beginning where uh, he's at the beach and that woman looks up while she's sunbathing and there's the two holes in the sand from her breasts.
1: Yes, yes. So I, was,
0: I often think of that.
1: Yes, I, rem- I remember the VHS cover, like the whole, the box. Like I could picture it. But yeah, I, I revisited it recently and I was like, man, this movie's really funny. Yeah,
0: I rewatched that a year or two ago, you know, when I was especially deep in the whole police squad, naked gun, you
1: know, the airplane, airplane type of
0: cannon. Yeah. Sort of. And that's like sort of the, the lesser known of them, but it's, it is. Yeah. It's great. My favorite Val Kilmer might be real genius. I'm a big, real genius fan. Interesting. I thought you were going to say the same. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I liked him as Batman. I wish we got more of that. I, so many times they get great Batman, but they're like, here's the world's shittiest director. And you're like, well, you can't blame the franchise on that. You know, like,
1: I think it's like, for me, like, th- there is that certain spot with those mid to late 90s Batman movies where, like, yeah, objectively they're terrible, but, like, I still like them for what they are. But they're I think bad. In retrospect,
0: too, like, I don't, I'm getting older, too, but I watch those more than, like, the Michael Keaton ones because they're just fun. And, they're fun. And, and, yeah. Yeah. And bright and breezy. I, I love them. I, I, like, I like having a little more fun with batman for the most part yeah and, and like
1: the batman. villains are really funny like just like the, you know, seeing jim carrey and and you, know, you got tommy lee jones you got Do you know the backstory Arnold. how
0: tommy lee jones hated jim carrey in that movie
1: no i don't and
0: big time hated him and then really? they jim carrey saw tommy lee jones at a restaurant he's like while they were filming he came over he's like hey tommy lee jones, what's going on bud and he tommy lee jones said to him you he's like go away and quote I cannot sanction your buffoonery.
1: I think I actually have heard that. That sounds familiar. I think I heard that that, a long time ago. That
0: quote will never be forgotten by me. That's it's so outland. Tommy Lee Jones is a fascinating guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I wonder if we'd get along. I wonder if I could crack that nut. It's a good question. I mean, it's all about how you appeal to people, but I could also see coming off like a Jim Carrey to him, you know?
1: Yeah, I I feel like he definitely, there's a certain type of character that he plays so well that you wonder if that's just, it's really just him. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're not necessarily, it doesn't necessarily take or require a lot of extra embellishment. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's just a certain way. Do you think he
0: ad-libbed that line in The Fugitive where he's like, I don't care. Do you think he just didn't care that day? I thought you were
1: going to talk about the one where he calls him the fugitive, where he actually looks at him and says, (laughs) (laughs) you know what, you are the fugitive. You
0: are the U.S. Marshals.
1: I think, for whatever reason, I've always seen, I think I've seen U.S. Marshals more than I've seen the fugitive, which is really weird to me, but... I feel like reasons. we
0: just explained it with Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, you know, like it's just yeah. more fun and outlandish. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, and, and U.S. Marshals is totally.
0: It's crazy. Like you you see a movie and you're like, it's like a good movie. You're like, boy, I love this. And then I'll never watch it again. But so many shitty movies I'll see like a million times. Southland Tales is one of the worst movies of all time, but I'll watch that like once a month if I can.
1: Oh, speaking of which, I, I just I did purchase it. Find your recommendation. I've never That's seen wonderful. it. And I was going to ask you, uh, I feel like it's a good opportunity now that we're here. That welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Um, that since I got the new Arrow, the, the can edition one that just came out, is it in your opinion, since I've never seen it before, should I watch the theatrical version first and then watch the can cut? Or should I dive right into the can cut? What are your, I, what are your thoughts?
0: I, I was anticipating this question. I don't know. It's <laughs> so hard. I don't, I don't really know. They're both outlandish. The thing is, the the theatrical, it tries to help you understand something that you will never understand. Okay. Which can be fun in itself, but at the same time with the the con cut, you're at least, you're going along for more of a ride. You're just kind of accepting the ride and you're getting more of it too. Okay. And in a weird way, it at times is more clearer than the theatrical version because like okay. in certain sense like the theatrical version they had to add a whole in- animated intro that goes on for like 10 minutes before the movie even starts where they're just trying to explain everything that happened in these comic books that nobody read
2: <laughs> and
0: uh which is has its fun and then uh, but with the con cut you you don't have that but you have scenes that they let play out more and so there's there's a lot more understanding with what's happening as much as one can with it so flip a coin
1: yeah. I mean, in my head, I was thinking, I was like, you know what? Maybe I should experience it the way someone would have experienced it before this. Like watch the theatrical first, get a sense of what it is. And then I have a basis of a comparison. Yeah, but Dan, you're later. in the film
0: industry now. You know, now that we're film reviewers, you know, you yeah. got to put on your press badge and you got invited to con. And you're like, all right, let's see what we got. <laughs> That's true. I loved, uh, you it, love Donnie Darko. Let's see what this Richard Kelly has to say. <laughs> As well, two I mean, people who love Donnie Darko. Who? You and me. Oh, have we talked about Donnie Darko before? I don't even remember. No, and I know we both hate it. I was just doing it
1: there. Yeah, I was going to say, and, and that's, uh, I'm a little bit, to be honest, I'm a little bit upset that that never came up when you were, when you were pitching this movie to me. Because and it, I see it's why. So... I see why.
0: Because Donnie Darko has no fun in it whatsoever. You're actually watching someone try, like, the most you can enjoy from that is the soundtrack and like, oh, right. look at these young holes, That's a good time. And, yeah. you know, the last Patrick Swayze, or I believe the last, or one of the last. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, peace, Swayze. As you know, we love him. Love them. <laughs> I don't think we need to prove that any further, but yeah, that movie is not good. This movie is also not good, but boy, if it's not fun as hell. Well, I've been
1: saving it. So I got it earlier in the week and then I was like, you know what? I was like, this is the perfect like Saturday evening. Like I usually do like a movie night every Saturday night where I pick like a spectacle or something really like I, that I know it's going to be a fun ride just to kind well, of. sure. It's, it's be for enjoyable. fighting, Dan. Exactly. It is. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to save it for Saturday night I'll, and then I'll, I'll just sit down Put it on the TV and just really kind of immerse myself in the 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 world of Southland Tales. So I've been I've been having something to look forward to. So I've been I've been waiting.
0: I can't wait to discuss this next week.
1: Yes, oh, I'll have a full report. Trust me.
0: Excellent. I mean, I'm, please tell me beforehand too. But I will be sure. more than oh, happy yeah. to, to discuss further. And, I uh, it. Yeah, Maybe you'll see both cuts by by then. You know.
1: Yeah, I mean, and like I said, that that's that was my goal. My goal was like you know I'll watch the first one. I'll watch like the theatrical of the actual like legit release and then yeah. base it off that. And then I can see the, you know, the, maybe the progression or the, or the difference between Decline. the two and see what was added, what, what was cut down and so forth based on that. Yeah. Um, that, that was kind of my,
0: I would say, you know, you could watch one where you're paying attention and then you watch the other one, you know, check your phone. Yeah. You said you watched a, uh, you, you confided to me, Dan off, off air that you had watched a movie yesterday. I did. What the- Oh, did you oh, not watch I a did. movie? Yes, and oh, I was like, send it for the podcast. And then all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, what movie is suck? What do you got oh, for us, Dan?
1: It's called Double Indemnity. What?
0: <laughs> I thought you said you took the day off.
1: Oh, well, yeah, I did. But I mean, I watched, I watched like an East German film. So it, it's nothing too too exciting. Boo. I Oh, I, well, I did watch it. No, I watched three movies yesterday. So I watched, I watched Double Indemnity, which, mm-hmm. you know. You watched it first? No, I watched it last, actually. Because oh. I wanted to be fresh in my mind the first movie i watched was gifted to me well uh, it was lent to me by my friend kevin uh, it was called grizzly to <laughs> The revenge
0: sorry i have to do the homework okay. kevin anytime i, hear I, it kevin. I understand
1: <laughs> um it's called grizzly grizzly to the revenge um which if you don't know about it it has an incredible and storied history but in short it had early perform- It like the cast is unreal like when if i list the cast right now your, your mind will be blown it literally it's Charlie Sheen. Wait,
0: hold on. Let me scoop up my mind for yes,
1: ready to be. Be, be prepared because you're going to go through a ride. So you
0: already dropped uh, Mr. Estevez. Yeah, Mr. Sheen.
1: Charles George Estevez, George Clooney, uh-huh. Laura Dern, Charles Cyphers. John Reese Davies from the you know AKA Salo from uh, the Indiana Jones movies. Also um, in
0: Sliders.
1: Yes. Uh, Sliders. The, the um I can't think of her name, but she was one of the leads in Valley Girl. Is in it. Also. The, one of the characters from Staying Alive from the, uh, the sequel to Saturday Night Fever, which I absolutely love. He was the, di- the, the really angry like, director of the, of the show uh, oh, called, yeah. say, called Satan's Alley uh, in, right. if, for those fans. Uh, so he's in it as like a park ranger. It's amazing, but it's so bad. It was never completed. So what happened is uh, a company basically took the existing film because it came out in, like 83 or at least it was filmed in 83. I don't think it actually got it. Like, a, a, this like, a sounds
0: a release. lot like Southland Tales.
1: Yeah. Has, as far as cast and they weren't able to complete it. And it was just like, all right, good luck. Exactly. But it's, it's, I'm sure it's way more of a mess. I mean, it was a mess, but, but a, a newer company. You recently, have not watched
0: Outland Tales yet.
1: That's true. That's true. But uh, yeah. So what they did was whoever put it, this, this new release together, they inserted a bunch of new footage. So there's like new drone footage and like oh. stock, like wilderness they're at like it's like a they're they're basically the part of the plot is they're having like a rock concert in the middle of the woods so Mm -hmm. then there's like scenes where it's like an 80s crowd actually in the early 80s and the bands and then it will cut to a scene where it's like younger people of today and and it's really very very off-putting
0: this sounds Um, like a mistake yeah
1: yeah like i honestly like it probably they probably would have been better off if they just like took whatever the existing footage was. I get it. They didn't have a whole lot. They probably had like, maybe like a little over an hour's worth of footage, but then if you're going to release it, just release that, you know, release what you have.
0: They did a Superman 2 re-release uh, with Richard Donner's cut. Cause he famously got fired from the second film and they took a lot of his footage and then someone else completed it. Your pre Snyder cuts, if you will. Yes. Um, but they re-released with everything he filmed. He had to use a little bit of their footage, but then they also, there's one scene he wanted to use that they never filmed. And they had like a rehearsal footage between um, Margot Kidder and Christopher Reeves. And they cut to that all of a sudden. And it's so jarring. It's jarring. I hate it. It's that. extremely just animated or something like, yeah. at, you know, that it's still going to be jarring no matter what, but there's got to be a best version of that. Yeah.
1: I will say this. I do love Margot Kidder. So. Oh, big Margot Kidder fan. Yeah. Black Watch Christmas.
0: Sisters. Sisters. Big, good De Palma movie. Big, big De Palma fan as I've previously stated. Yes. Black I watched versus... Streets of Fire yesterday. Oh, did you? I've actually never Walter seen Hill. that. I've actually never seen that. Watched it with my roommate Sam and the misses, and uh, it was a hell of a good time. You got Willem Dafoe early role. You love got Diane Lane. You got. A, you I got love a Diane Lane. Amazing in this movie. Yeah. she's singing. She's a rock star. It's so good. I think uh, like it's a, it's that came out in eighty four, right? So it's like
1: Rumble, yes. a little, like a little after Rumble Fish, probably. So like that yes. era. Okay.
0: Yeah, I think. May have been his follow up to 48 hours, but you know, it was shortly after at least. Oh, okay. It feels like a, you got a ticket to do whatever you want movie. And he's like, those are the best. Yeah, absolutely. And it's got Bill Paxton in it. You know, it's a a slight appearance, but it's enough to get the Paxton stamp of approval.
1: Yeah. It was a great uh... time that's awesome yeah I, I i've been meaning to get that because i think i think
0: shot factor did put that Shout out did. Right? Yes, yeah they did. Yep. it's
1: been like it's been like kind of in the back of my mind for a while i maybe i should just pick that up i i feel like it's something as I someone really who did.
0: just watched it i'm gonna say pull that trigger what a okay. hell of a good time i will this same gang we also watched rad earlier in the week oh yeah yeah. yeah. how was that holds up i hadn't seen it since i was a kid that you yeah. taught me to swear i remember yeah <laughs> i can see why there's still plenty of good cussing in it
1: of all the movies to do that that's yep. that's, that's pretty funny
0: well, it's just like, oh, you kids can watch this BMX movie. And then it's like, and you know, it, there's nothing too bad other than just constant swearing. It's awesome. Yeah.
1: Love the But That's great, though. Yeah, it's rad. Yeah, it seems like a fun movie.
0: It was. It was my first steelbook. Yes. For the for the steelbook heads out there. and I'm not going to seek them out, but it was a nice little format.
1: Yeah, every once in a while, I can I can get down with a steelbook. Yep. I'm I'm kind of the same way. It's like, yeah, I'm I'm not opposed to them, but that's not necessarily my first choice. It depends, and it depends on what it is. Like, say if it's like something cool, and that's if that's the only way they're releasing it or something like that. Like, okay, yeah. I, I'm fine with it. But it's I not can see it, it becoming an option. You know,
0: I might make it an option now, though. It, I think it really is just at, at the end of the day, if you have options, it's going to depend on the graphic design.
1: Yes, that's true. That is the variable.
0: Yes. Yesterday, or not yesterday? Wednesday. Well, yesterday to a podcast listener, although even we're game-wise. in the future yeah we're in the future i know this is already a mistake <laughs> but in my life on wednesday i got my first shot oh congrats of the vaccine so and by the time this comes out i will literally be getting my second shot so how'd that go i just checked the date it was good my arm hurt for a couple of days but nothing Same. too bad but that second one is going to be the fun part that's the one i've been i've been dreading like, it's gonna I, be fun when this yeah. comes out and it'll be that day where i'm like just sweating and going nuts
1: yeah we're like Not ready to be like can it we do this another, another day or something
0: and I did drive pretty far to get it too, so that's the other fun part. Really, that's two a and a half life. hours. It was wow. a nice. I love the drive; it was fun. Was that Went like a suburb or something? Or area? They got something called the Cartoon Network Hotel. What's that now? Is that where you stayed? Oh you... damn! We froze. Everyone's favorite part of the podcast. <laughs> no, I did it all one day.
1: Okay. Well, I would say like once you learned that there was a Cartoon Network Hotel, hotel, did, did you feel I inclined see. to stay?
0: I think for when I'm doing the next one, I might be, especially because the side effects are supposedly so rough, I might be staying in there. It was insane. It really like popped off the street too. It was really cool. Looking. It's outside Lancaster, you said? It's like in Lancaster, I think. Where I got the shot was outside, but I had to drive through it all. And, and, uh, what a wild town that is, huh?
1: It is. were uh, played there uh, on our tour. Uh, I guess it's 2019. Yeah, so yeah, two years ago now. Um, we played in Lancaster, and it was a Sunday night. It was very weird because much of the city closed down. It was very Pretty little. Pretty religious
0: open. over there, isn't it?
1: I think so, yeah. That might be um, why. Yeah, but, it, I mean, it, it was even, like, trying to find, like, like, a place to eat was, like, really difficult because we were trying to get oh, food before wow. we played. And, like, I think that we only found, like, one or two restaurants that were open, so we ended up just kind of, like, it was, like, a bar restaurant that was open. So we ended up I can imagine, there. yeah. And it was Did fine. you get yourself a
0: slice of fly pie I saw being advertised all over the place? I think they had
1: it there. I didn't eat it. Maybe Brian got it. I don't even remember now. He might Brian might have gotten it. Seems like a
0: Brian move. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I feel like he might have. Uh, I'll have to ask him if he remembers. Um, I don't remember. I think I got probably some type of chicken or something. I don't remember. Seems like it might be a good time to get an egg cream and a shoe fly pie. A little slice of shoe fly, huh? <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit timid based on my last egg cream experience, but I'm open to trying one again. As long as it's, it's prepared in in the, in the traditional way that it should be should be made
0: double egg demnity. i didn't mean to bring this up again but what a good segue huh? i'm gonna take the egg cream segue that we brought hey, up previously
1: gotta go with what you got you know
0: it's true this episode is overwhelming as far as like the research went because there's just too much yeah i mean you're, all, it's such you're, a you're not gonna get a comprehensive one with this because eventually i was like i'm gonna go in one direction with this it's more gonna be fun facts than backstories on everybody yeah. Um, and, and a lot of it because we're going get to get—they're all throughout noir. We've done Billy Wilder, so we're safe there. Mm-hmm. But Barbara Stanwyck's going to pop up again. You We've know. done
1: James M. Cain, and absolutely and Chandler's a part of it as well.
0: Chandler's—I've got some fun Chandler facts, but it's really more to do with the movie. We'll get into him when we do so many other things. <laughs> yes, there's there is a lot to talk about. He's on the the noir Mount Rushmore for sure. Mount Rush Noir. Before
1: we before we get started, I, I want to quickly state that there was something in this movie that I forgot about, uh, even though I've seen it many times, that sort of- What
0: are you talking about, Dad? This is, we're starting. Before well, we get started, you got a fun fact for us that counts. That's true. Anything that's now has to just do with double and you trying to tell me about your personal life? I don't want to hear it. I just it's want, not. No, it's about, I just it's about the podcast. It's oh, about oh, the
1: podcast. Oh. Uh, it's related to the podcast. all right. A, it's related to a previous episode. Okay. Uh, so, harkening back to Roadhouse, 1948. 48, there is a bowling scene in this movie, in a film noir, and and there's, and, and, I, and I forgot because I was, I was quick to say, oh, maybe this is the only bowling scene. And
0: I was, I was going to say, at one point when we got throughout this, we put that on a letterbox. So. Yes. Which is still up to the listeners. We have no interest in actually doing that, but for the fans out there, please do. It's all about the fans. We'll, we'll tell don't... you what to do, but you have to then actually go forth and implement these things. Yes. But Dan has now spoiled the famous boiling scene. Spoiler Dan, let everyone know. We got... Did I say boiling boil. Bowling. You said boiling. boiling. I was like, that wasn't a very boiling scene. No <laughs> boy, I had some weird sleep last night, uh, and I I did the first hour of this movie, and then did the other forty this morning. Oh wow! This was a weird one watching, it's just because I it's it's like riding a bike. I've seen it so many times. Yeah. I, it, it rivals, probably, out of the past of my most watched film noir. I would say
1: it's definitely up there for me. It's it's one of the first. It's one of the earliest ones I remember watching. I mean, I, I believe I it, it is the
0: first for me. As I've said yeah. uh, in high school film studies, this was they showed this to us, and it was great.
1: Yeah, it's. I think it's one of those movies that it's for me when it, you know you get all the big names. Sometimes you're a little, I'm a little bit hesitant, but I'm like this one holds up to the hype. Like this one, it gets a lot of hype but it's, I feel like it is very much justified. Like, it, like when you yes. think of film noir, like this is like one of the first things that pops in my head. This is like, if I'm recommending film noir to someone, I'm just like, Double and Demi is just going to kind of roll off your top, you know? And that's
0: why I would say it's most watched for me just because it is like, oh, hey, this is what I'm into. And here's one I know that is just a, a sure thing. It worked for me. It's going to work for you.
1: Right. And you, and you know, and even when you've seen it so many times and, and you already, it already kind of gives away the plot a, a little bit in the beginning and you've seen it so many times, but I still find myself so captivated by it. Like I'm still in the moment and like hanging on everything that's going on in the plot. And, and like, I was even thinking about that yesterday while I'm watching, I'm like, I know what happens, but I'm so still, I'm still so invested into it. And that, I think that's a really good mark of a,
0: of a great, great film. Absolutely. And, but also I have like the fewest notes I do for any movie <laughs> ever on this one. Well, let me ask you first, do, do you have, do, did you have the Blu-ray of this? I didn't, and I was also unable to procure it for this podcast. It is out of stock everywhere. Really? Yeah, which was, I, I don't know if it's out of print and there's a new new pressing coming or if it's just temporarily, like, everybody was, like, in the zone for Double Indemnity. But, yeah, it is, the close find. Best Buy would be shipping it next week. Oh, that's a bummer. Because I, yeah. I was
1: going to say, because... And I, I
0: have uh, it on order. I still want it to come. But yeah, I, I, mean, this was, I was very much looking forward to, like, oh, I'm finally getting the Blu-ray of this, and it's perfect for, for this. But I was unable to watch some features and the the horrible remake.
1: Well, that's what I was gonna say. So there's there's two things. One in the version that I have is I think it's like the 70th anniversary. It comes with yeah. like a um, it's like it's got like a Manila like like a mock Manila envelope, and in it are a bunch of reproduction uh, lobby cards and poster art. That's really oh, cool. cool. Um, it's really neat. It's, that's they, a great touch. Can, exactly. It's in like a sleeve and stuff like that. And then, yes, it has the 1973 uh, Maverick TV movie, which I was going to watch and didn't get around to, but I think I might still watch this weekend. Um, but it's got Richard. Hey, Dan, Krona. you know what we should do? What's that?
0: Well, that, I, that will be out. We'll, we'll announce it now. We're going to do a bonus episode, uh, 15.5, where the, the lads watch the remake. I'd How love about that. that. All right. right. We're going to be back. We're going to record that uh, between you and me at some point. But by the time this comes out, we'll put it out Monday sure yeah 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 nice watch monday and then we'll be back thursday again you get a little bonus bonus uh half hour hour with the lads we'll, we'll keep it quick but bonusy
1: i've heard it's terrible but i am I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it like, i, I dipped in i'm curious you know,
0: long ago and i did not make it past maybe like five minutes because it's extremely surreal but it'll be not, i think it'll help us having a little space in between it because you know most of the time you're like all right let's go right to this. I just finished this movie. Check out the special features. Sure. I'll put it on. It's too soon. You know, you need to, Yes,
1: you need to have a little breathing. I mean, look,
0: we know it's going to stink and it's going to be nothing compared to this one, but as a cultural oddity,
1: I just love old made for TV movies. I I have such a fascination with them, especially from the seventies. So I'm, I'm, I was kind of looking forward to like I was reading. I was like, yeah, I was like, do I watch it back to back? I was like, you know what? I, I think like you said, like, I think I need a little bit of, of, breathing room between watching yeah. them. Like I didn't want to necessarily just watch them back to back.
0: Absolutely. And it gives me an excuse to enjoy my new Blu-ray. So exactly. So yeah, works we out, works it. out
1: great for everyone. It's so, a
0: bonus for all bonus like for true all. bonuses should be. Yep. Oh, but what a good time. So yeah, James a- M. Kane wrote this one. This is, it was based on a 1927 murder actually. Mm-hmm. That was in Queens, New York, basically the same thing where a woman was married and the lover, they did a, an insurance policy and pulled the old double indemnity, but they got busted, like, right away. Which yeah, kind of right. happens in this movie, too. Like, it's under scrutiny almost immediately, as we'll Pretty get much. to. Yeah, um, you, but, got,
1: you got Edward G. Robinson, you know what I mean? Like, that's... Absolutely.
0: The, the criminal in that case, her name was Ruth Snyder, and the picture of her getting taken to the electric chair in Sing Sing, which was captured by reporter Tom Howard using a hidden camera attached to his right ankle. It was called the f- most famous news photo of the 1920s. Wow.
1: I don't. I don't know if I've seen that. I'll have to. i have to look at that. That's, that's interesting.
0: We'll post that on the social media if it's not too twisted.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say I'd I have to. I think I'd have to view it first. <laughs> yeah.
0: But Kane, uh, he the story appeared in Liberty Magazine in 1936, and he already made himself a, a name for himself a year before with the Postman Always Rings Twice, allegedly a great novel. <laughs> and the movie is a stinker, at least the the one we watch. Who knows? The horny version might be a real masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe the novel is better. Who knows? Who knows? I was, when I was looking up to to for the Blu-ray, like they had the novel and like all of the graphic design of like Mildred Pierce and Double Indemnity and, and Postman, like all the same it was interesting. Yeah, but they seemed like they were kind of going for the movie vibe with it. It was like a, almost like a black and white title card. It was very bizarre, weird. But Kane, his agent, sent copies to the of the novel to all the major studios. It was, it was pretty well regarded right off the bat. He was, he was a hot new talent and he, they were trying to sell the rights to it for 25,000. But, uh, Joseph Breen at the Hayes office said that it was going to be a little too sordid of this story.
1: That darn Hayes.
0: Yeah. Him and his code, huh? Yeah, man. <laughs> Ruined a lot of things. So they said, you know, you gotta, you can't make this movie. It's too, too criminal. Yeah. The, the children, they're going to want to do all, they want to married and commit insurance fraud. You can't, <laughs> you can't do it. So it just kind of sat, nobody wanted to do anything to do with it until eight years later, Double Indemnity was included in a collection of Kane's works, uh, titled Three of a Kind. And the ex- executive at Paramount, Joseph S- Sistrom, he was like, hey, this is great. And you know who's great for it? Old Billy Wilder. We got so just like, the guy. I know, just the guy. So we're going to buy the rights for 15,000, which Kane later on would be very angry about and said, you still owe me $10,000 that I was owed if, when this should have been done in the 20s. Wow. He did not get it. He also thought he was owed because of how imitated this movie was afterwards. He Say, hey, give Kane a little money. Yeah, try and get that credit. Paramount resubmitted the scripts to the Hayes office, and the response was the exact same thing. They said, don't do it. This thing is too lurid. We're going to underline it this time, probably. But they said, you know what? We're Paramount, and we're paramount to doing whatever the fuck we want. We're making this movie. It's too good. So there was a film treatment that was crafted by Billy Wilder and his writing partner, Charles Beckett. And Hayes' office said, that's good, but you need to be a little gentle with the disposal of the body. There's a alternate ending, which we'll get into later on, that they didn't like. And also when Stanwyck shows up and she's wearing the towel, they're like, that towel needs to cover as much as possible. And, and it does, but boy, it's still pretty sexy because Barbara Stanwyck is a babe. She is able to shine with a wig and a big towel. (laughs) Yeah, we'll get into that too. Um, So after Paramount got the rights, they needed a a screenplay. Everyone, you know, it was thought to be unfilmable just because of all the luridness, as we were saying, but they decided to give it a shot. Wilder said that he wanted to get James M. Kane to do the, the script, but he was working for another studio and was unavailable. Although Kane said he wasn't never asked, but he seems a bit prickly, doesn't he? Yeah. A little bit. So the producer, uh, Joseph Sistrom he said, I love this Raymond Chandler guy. Let's get him. <laughs> what could be wrong with this guy? He's writing these noir stories. He probably doesn't get it. Uh, and Wilder, when he fi- first met Chandler, he was disappointed because he was expecting a nice grizzled like private detective. And instead he looked like a- an insurance salesman, an accountant.
1: Looked like Walter Neff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And he was Chandler was new to Hollywood. He was starting to hit with his work. And so he demanded a thousand dollars and he said he needed uh, at least 150 dollars a week salary and everyone laughed at him like we were going to give you 750 dollars a week this is hollywood you get paid this isn't your little pulp stories yeah big time. chandler chandler and billy wilder fucking hated each other and did not get along but to wilder's credit he realized that chandler was a genius and he just kind of had to put up with it yeah which, which is pretty cool They said that a lot of because chandler said that oh, forgive me let me restart Wilder had intended to just keep as much of the dialogue the same as possible, but Chandler said, "You know, hey, this is not going to translate on the screen." Wilder didn't believe him, and he actually hired actors to read it out loud and, and try it out. And he saw it; he was like, "Chandler was right. Oh my god, this is bad." And so Chandler actually, they said, was responsible for a lot of the awesome dialogue in the movie.
1: Well, didn't Ch- I think I read that Chandler like said like very really pretty disparaging things about Kane? I mean, I might be jumping ahead of what you have but i think he called like gutter trash or something like that was the quote where he said that he thought kane's writing was was gutter trash or something like that i thought that was funny
0: i believe that yeah and chandler when he was working with wilder he was a recovering alcoholic i mean he kind of always was (laughs) and uh he was actually in alcoholics anonymous at the time and wilder said he drove him back into drinking he
1: thought yeah wow
0: let's get into the movie though
1: yes i am i am prepared
0: you are prepared for
1: this man. ride
0: it's gonna be this, great this,
1: this glorious ride
0: this, this one's gonna be fun too because we know this movie so well and i could just go on fucking autopilot for it <laughs> exactly
1: like yeah like even like watching uh, it i was it, like yeah i could not did you watch know this it. movie i was gonna say i could not i could even not Absolutely. have watched it and be ready for it
0: totally no i mean it was a half considering like you know what i could just read the wikipedia plot and just be like yeah i know all this but yeah i decided you know what let's go in fresh yeah we'll do it it's, it's worth a watch Here's something I'm learning from Wikipedia, though. This is 1938. I didn't know that this took place in the past, or at least when the novel came out.
1: It does well, and they mention it in the beginning of the movie too. See, I missed that. Yeah, I think when he's using the dictaphone in the beginning, uh, I think Did he says, the date? He, "Yeah, he says that he says the date and the year." Yeah.
3: Office memorandum. Walter to Barton Keys, claims manager. Los Angeles, July 16th, 1938.
0: There's, serves no purpose of why it t- is that year, but sure. yeah. I don't know if you know, contemporary audiences were watching and be like, boy, this really seems like it took place a few years ago. Look at how they stack the groceries in the grocery store.
1: <laughs> there are some great grocery store scenes in this. That's Yes, yeah, so I actually have a it. fun
0: grocery store fact when we get to it.
1: I think I might know it is, but that's cool. I hope so. I mean, I was It was one I was
0: not anticipating because I love the grocery store stuff. Fred McMurray plays Walter Neff. Mm-hmm. He's an insurance salesman a great noir trope. Let's get some insurance in on these things. Everybody's favorite criminal. <laughs> oh yeah. There's, there's a job. lot going
1: on with them. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of things they can get pulled down into the underworld. Pretty. easily. Absolutely.
0: You wouldn't never consider it, but they, they're the ones who hold the tickets. You know, that's, that's where everything goes through. Mm-hmm. He heads into his office in downtown Los Angeles, passes the janitor. He's coming in a little slow and we find out he was shot in the shoulder. Mm-hmm. You see a little blood. And he gets to the dictaphone, almost looks like a, like a Flintstones phone.
1: Yeah. The, those are fascinating to me. Like I, 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 I love the technology cause I get, you know, that's, that was like cutting edge technology back then, but it's, yes. it just looks awesome. I love it.
0: Absolutely. So he starts recording he's like, yeah, this stuff's cheap. We got a little tape to spare. We're insurance salesmen. We get paid through the roof. I would say, yeah, all those claims. <laughs> so he says, you know what? I'll, I'll go to Barton Key's office. Cause that's whose office it is. He's the one with the dictaphone. We should say Correct. he's the one who makes the money for the dictaphone. Yes.
1: He's, so, I mean, he's in charge. So, you yep. know, if anyone's Walter gonna it.
0: just come stomping in and is like, ah, I am dying, I'm going to use your office and use your stuff and bleed all over the place. Cause that's the kind of guy I am. He's got a story to tell.
1: So he's got, he he's got
0: to tell it to somebody in case he dies. He does. And it's topical too. You know, they've been talking about this story as, as we find out. Uh so he's like, Yo, Barton Keys, listen to this story. And we get to hear the voiceover. It's one of the best uses of voiceover in a movie, as we've said, uh, with Sunset Boulevard. Billy Wilder really knows what he's doing in all all ways.
1: through flashback, yeah.
0: Yeah. Flashback, especially in how to make a voiceover work and not just be like a goddamn ghost in the sky. It's yeah. uh he's great. He's a great director. This then this movie predates Sunset Boulevard, so six years, yeah. Six years, yeah. Mm. So everything great by the time he got to that, I mean, he was still confident and, and great director. And this movie was a huge hit, nominated for many Academy Awards, lost all of them. But like any of these movies, what are we talking about still? It's the losers. The losers are the winners. Just like Tom Pace said. Even I knew you were going to say that. There's certain phrases I could say that I know I'll set you up and I know what kind of Danism I'm about to get. Right.
1: Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm there to just, just knock, knock them down. down. Yep. Knock
0: them down. Instantly, Neff's heading over to the Dietrichson's house. Uh, the auto insurance has lapsed. Mm-hmm. What a perfect reason though, to swing by. The husband is not home, but Phyllis is home.
1: Can we real quick talk about how awesome the house is? Cause I absolutely. love, I love that house. That that location is amazing. Like I want, I want to go there cause that, that still exists. Still like, there. I, yes. It's yeah, still there. And I, I would love to go there. I just love the way the cameras placed on it. I love the The house, the architecture of it. I love it. Love it. It love seems it. like
0: if Billy Wilder had something to do with your house, you're going to, it's going to stick around. He'll make you famous. Yes.
1: I I just I would lo- I love I would love to be there with like the scouting of that of them like locating that imagine being like seeing that and you're like yes that's the one that's you know, like, the, like, yeah. Yeah, like that's what like, I've
0: been envisioning the entire yeah, time
1: no it's it's perfect
0: it's a cool place it, I believe it said it cost like thirty thousand or something like that was that when he was like the or was he just talking because he was like, like those Mexican style houses that cost you thirty thousand or was he just talking about the area it was in
1: I think he was talking about because he see, he mentions they were real big in the twenties. Yes. So, so maybe at the time, that's how much it costs. I just
0: got locked on that figure because so I'm like, 30000 for a house in L.A.? Oh, my God. Don't mind if I do. Yeah. Oh, I'll yeah. make it happen somehow. <laughs> I'll, make, I'll make it work somehow. Yeah. Absolutely. I'll commit a crime. So the maid is there. Or, you know, the... Yeah, I believe the maid. She's answering the door. Maids yeah. answer doors, I guess. Yeah, she's like a housekeeper. Yeah. She's salty, and it's great. She's like, get out of here, you insurance salesman. Exactly what you need to do with those types of people. Yeah, but Phyllis is there, and he kind of warms his way in, and she comes out. It's it's a very you know it's not like a huge entrance, but it's extremely striking. Yeah, because they do just kind of you know it's not like the classic like let's do a slow mo and pan up or down or all around. It's just like very matter of fact. But it's Barbara Stanwyck in a towel, so yeah. that'll that'll do it. Pretty risque. It is extremely risque. Here you're getting her, you're getting the wig, which everyone talks about the wig. What, what are your feelings yeah. of the wig? Let's, let's, let's get into it. It's fine. It's, I've never it, had a problem with the wig. It,
1: yeah. It doesn't in
0: general, like much. people are like wigs. And I'm like, I had no idea that was a wig. Like, I'm not the guy who's going to know if you have a toupee or not. I, that stuff just goes right past me. I'm just like, good enough. So, yeah. It's,
1: it's fine. It doesn't, it, does, it doesn't bother me.
0: Wilder. They said he had gone against the wig in later years, but at the time he was all for it. He, he really didn't understand until like halfway through shooting, I was like, oh, I don't like this wig, but it's way too late. So in later years, he said that he had chosen the wig to underscore her sleazy phoniness.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know,
0: change, change it to suit your, uh, suit your success, I guess. Uh, here's a quote I like about it, though. When they're viewing the film's rushes, production head Buddy G. DeSylvia remarked on the wig, quote, We hired Barbara Stanwyck, and here we got George Washington. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yes. Barbara Sarek was the first choice to play Phyllis Dietrichson. Ugh, I'm having trouble with that one. At the time, she was the highest paid actress in Hollywood and the highest paid woman in America. Wow. McMurray eventually would also make the same amount of money. In 1943, he was the highest paid actor in Hollywood and the fourth highest paid American. That's crazy, those stats were like, actors were the ones getting the most money. Yeah, Yeah. Because, you know, you, you really weren't throwing this kind of money at other industries like sports or anything until much later on.
1: Well, I think a lot of that probably had to do with the, you know, my my theory would be with the war going on that mm-hmm. people were looking for entertainment as, it, as a means of escape. So I feel like there was probably this, I don't want to say pressure, but there's probably more invested into that industry because that industry was kind of on, obviously on the rise at that point as well. So mm-hmm. I think there was probably a real big push to like pay them and, and make sure that they're they're constantly fueling these. And turning out these really I yeah, guess, so good Yeah, suddenly there's such a, win, a windfall
0: yeah. of money coming into the studios, right. and it's like you could either use it or lose it. Right. We're, we're, we're going to be the ones who have Barbara Stanwyck.
1: Yeah.
0: She was reluctant to take the role, though. She finally had been... She was a star, and she was known for being a good girl, and she thought that it would have a bad effect on her career. She said, uh, quote, I love the script, and I love you, but I'm a little afraid after all these years of playing heroines to go into an out-and-out killer. And Mr. Wilder, and rightly so, looked at me and said, "Well, are you a mouse or an actress?" And I said, "Well, I hope I'm an actress." And he said, "Then do the part." And I did, and I'm very grateful to him.
1: Yeah, and I think she does a great job with it. I mean, yeah, you know, one of the—I think one of the best like femme fatale performances ever. Like, I
0: think the, it, I think the best. Yeah. Because so a lot of times. It, someone kind of has like a a screw loose or something, but it's very hard to tell her motivations until they they slowly play out. And then you realize who she really is.
1: Oh yeah. She definitely keeps it way, way under wraps. And in
0: in a way to herself too. I mean, by the end she, she makes a revelation and it seems like she may have been, hadn't figured it out herself until then. Yeah. Fred McMurray was also an early choice of, of his role. He was also accustomed to playing happy go lucky, good guys and light comedies wilder first approached him with the nephrol mcmurray said quote you're making the mistake of your life he didn't want to uh, play a serious role it required acting and he didn't think he could do it but wilder pestered about it every day at home in the studio commiserary and uh dressing room on the sidewalk and he just wore him down <laughs> he felt safe about this because paramount had him under contract and you know they made him a good guy and they thought they never let him play a, a bad guy but his contract was actually up for renewal at the time and they didn't really care <laughs> <laughs> i think he's awesome they, like, i wanted I love to teach him a lesson uh due to yeah so he had tried to play hardball with his contract and paramount said no 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 we don't like it we're going to teach you a lesson go ahead and play this role and ruin your career but then of course it was one of the greatest roles ever yeah and he actually said quote i never dreamed it would be the best picture i ever made wow jokes on you paramount yeah Edward G. Robinson also was reluctant to, to sign yes. on. Everyone was reluctant. Billy Wilder was still, I mean, everyone knew he was talented, but it didn't seem like he had as many of the, the heavy hitters behind him at this point. Like, if anything, this was the one. He was not used to being third fiddle, but he went for it. So anyways.
1: Well, I, think, I think what happened was, yeah, I think he ended up, he got the same amount of pay as they did. So I think they basically pitched it to him as, hey, you're making the same money and you have less scenes and less work to do. So, totally. I think that's an easy sell. You know what I mean?
0: But, I mean, he's so essential to the movie. I mean, sure, everything about him is, is great. And, you know, he seemed yeah. to get a little extra money for his uh, little man performance as well.
1: <laughs> I, I think one of the things that works so well in this movie is just all of the characters are great. Like, every, yes. even down to, like, the some of the most minute secondary characters are, are great. And we'll get into it later. But, yeah, I think that's really, as much as the those main three are fantastic... Even the, the, the larger supporting roles, whether it's Lola, whether it's uh, anyone else in the cast, I think they're all great. I, I think it's just – Nino. Really...
0: I like Nino. Oh, yeah. Nino's a caddy. Yeah, Nino's um, a good time. It's just fun uh, to say Nino's a caddy, too.
1: Yeah, that, that, that's great. I love the guy on the oh, – what's his name? I, and I, I know I, I had it, and I can't think of it now. It is Mr. Jackson, the guy that's on the train. The guy oh, is yes, from, from, from Oregon. From Medford, Oregon. Yep. We'll get into that, but uh, I yes. love him.
0: So, yes, she, he, she's like, excuse me, I'm in a towel. I'm going to go change. And she comes down. They talk insurance. It gets a little flirty. Some great dialogue in this, in this scene. I love it. There, there's so much classic dialogue throughout it. It's, it's, it's so hard to pinpoint any specific lines because it's just riddled with it.
1: Well, the, the one that always stood out to me, and even even watching yesterday, was the speed limit one. I, I always loved that one, where right, was like he's like, classic. there's a there's a, there's a speed limit around here, <laughs> I and mean, going a little too fast. That that whole that whole sequence is amazing.
2: Mr. Neff, why don't you drop by tomorrow evening around eight thirty? He'll be in then. Who? My husband. You were anxious to talk to him, weren't you?
3: Yeah, I was, but uh, I'm sort of getting over the idea, if you know what I mean.
2: There's a speed limit in this state, Mr. Neff. Forty-five miles an hour.
3: How fast was I going, officer?
2: I'd say around 90.
3: Suppose you get down off your motorcycle and give me a
2: ticket. Suppose I let you off with a warning this time.
3: Suppose it doesn't take.
2: Suppose I have to whack you over the knuckles.
3: Suppose I bust out crying and put my head in your shoulder.
2: Suppose you try putting it on my husband's shoulder.
1: That tears it. But ultimately, what you're getting to is basically you're saying that she's she's trying to sell the insurance and she kind of is like, eh, he's not here, but I think it starts sowing the seeds a little bit for her. For like a, you know, yeah, she's, a plot. It seems like yeah. she'd been
0: trying to off this husband somehow, and here yeah. comes this schlub. Because what I like about McMurray is he's like he's like three kids in a trench coat, you know, like he's just you could easily manipulate him. Like I like that he's he is that kind of like good guy and it's like she just lures him in and just destroys him.
1: Yeah, I think he's very caught up in just like
0: because he's not a cool guy like no he, he's,
1: he just has that salesman that kind of like door to door salesman kind of almost vibe where he's just very just like he's you a, know, a willy Lowman. yeah hardcore. i'm just i'm doing i'm doing my job you know this is routine like i'm just doing this like you know he's good at what he does but it's very it seems very routine to him so he at, at first he doesn't necessarily feel i mean he feels like an instant attraction to her but i feel like that's what is really his downfall obviously is is that I hope these weren't good points you just made
0: you not get any of them I got some of it. I just also got still an uh, my internet is unstable. Oh, notification. But I mean, I, I heard it, so I think
1: I think it probably made the recording
0: at least. I can't wait to listen to the edit where you made <laughs> such a good point.
1: It was it was the best point I've ever made on the podcast so far, episode sixteen.
0: Damn! I, I finally, dropping the I, heat.
1: I fi I finally got to the point where I actually said something relevant. So
0: mark the clock, mark it, mark it down. This is the day up Dan. you do great work all of the time twenty four 7 as well yeah, so an opportunity comes along she's going to manipulate this guy into doing what she wants. She pretty much instantly brings up like, hey, what do I do about uh this husband if some sort of accident happens, get a little life insurance without him knowing it Well she well I mean that's on the second visit though, so she
1: she manipulates him. So it was started. It starts with her basically saying like, Oh, he was going to come back and visit when he, when her husband's home, but, but she changes the time and, and he's not there. So at this point, then, then she starts kind of like slyly saying like, Oh, he's not here yet, but I can talk about it. And by the way, like, can I do like, is this a thing? Can I, can I make this happen where he like doesn't know that he has life insurance?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and he says, yes. And he says, by the way, I know something you don't. It's called double indemnity. And there's certain kinds of deaths where we'll double the payout. And I've got a good idea of what the one we should do is. And it involves a train, as all good murders do.
1: Yes. A slow-moving train.
0: A slow-moving train. <laughs> 15 miles an hour, they say. Yes. What happens after this, Dan? I don't trust what I'm reading right now. Because they say they go right to the, the train station, but something happens in between there. So basically, they're they're trying to plot
1: out. You see, there 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 is like a, a at least the semblance of like a budding romance between them. So like you get the sense that he's starting to fall for her, and she's falling for him, and he kind of gets caught up in this web. He gets caught up in this web of what she wants to do, and he doesn't necessarily know that. Like he thinks that he's really, he's falling in love with her, and that he's just helping her so that they can be together. Yes. So and, and in turn, they that they can benefit, meaning that they could get money from it. Like he starts kind of spiraling and starts concocting this plan of how to basically do what, like how he can kind of use the system because he knows the system so well because he's an expert in insurance that he feels like he, if anyone's going to be able to get away with it, it's him. So then he comes up with this I, this plot where he's going away. He basically, they get him to sign it without him realizing it. He right, like, that's what I was about it. to get into. So yeah, the hus-
0: yeah they, we do get to meet the husband and yeah. also the daughter Lola, Lola. Who, who we'll meet a lot more of as well. But yes, so he says... Just sign this to get your auto insurance reactivated. And we also need a copy for us. But what he's signing is the secret life insurance as well. Yes. I guess I can see why someone on Wikipedia thought they didn't need to include that in between stuff. Yeah. And go right to the fucking train murder. Why not?
1: We're getting right there.
0: We don't need to get right there. We still got to meet everybody. You still got to meet Lola. You got to get the ride into town where we get old Nino Zarchetti, who's great. Played by Byron Barr. Yeah. Great hothead well cast so you get a, a little bit more of, of barton keys too there's a running theme of how he never has a match to light but he always makes a show of looking for one Yep, yeah. and, and uh, walter uh, neff, neff will it. light it with his finger which was an interesting move and he You're later right. asks why do you never c- carry matches you know they give them away when you buy the the cigars and he says they
3: don't like them they always explode in my pocket
0: which is I, is that a thing that must have happened if they're putting that in there, but I, I just couldn't imagine. I wonder if it,
1: if that's some type of like uh, code. Code is not is not the right word, but some type of like insinuation with that, where he's really talking about something else, I, and I don't know what it is. It's um, <laughs> just way beyond
0: feel, our pay grade.
1: Yeah, I feel like it's an allusion to something else that maybe we're not aware of.
0: Email it to us if you know what he meant. Yes, or if you lived,
1: if you lived in nineteen forty three, forty four. Yes, know, or send know, us
0: some 1944 matches and we'll experiment on the podcast.
1: Some, some self-exploding matches.
0: Yes. So at this point, we, we concoct the train trip. It has to be on a train. And at one point, Phyllis calls and says, it's not. he refuses to go on the train. He's not even going to do the trip. But he thankfully breaks his leg. Yes. Because well, normally he takes
1: he... a car. Because he's going to Stanford because he went to Stanford. And he's going for a class reunion. College,
0: college reunion, yes. Yes.
1: And he usually drives... But this actually benefits them because he, he broke his leg. But he was debating whether he goes now at all. Which I would think you
0: break your going. leg. You're like, I'm not going to go. Definitely. That yeah. seems like a hassle.
1: But I think she was kind of trying to convince him. I, I got this. Oh, very much she, so. Yeah, she was trying to like, kind of be like, hey, no, you should still go. Hey, I'm um, trying to
0: murder you. And I have a perfect plot in mind. And it involves you being you on a train. So, yeah. But he breaks his leg. It's perfect. Everything's perfect. Everything's back on. And he's willing to go. He's got a Navy suit. Let's do this thing.
1: And I think we missed a, a trip or two to the grocery store at this point as well. I think there was at least one by this point.
2: Mister, could you reach me that package of baby food? That one up there? I don't know why they always put what I want on the top shelf.
0: There's at least one, but we'll, you know, there's, there's some more later. But yeah, the grocery store rules. They go there twice. It, it's I, so I fascinating it. to see that era of grocery store. It always stands out to me. And at the time, as you were saying, this was wartime. There was strict food time rationing. So policemen were stationed in the store for those scenes to make sure nobody was taking away food. You know, Big Hollywood trying to take a couple crackers with them, you know? Yeah. They said, no, no, no. And they actually released, I don't know if these were in those, in your little folder with the, the Blu-ray, but they had publicity stills showing the policemen in front of the store with the co-stars.
1: They didn't. The only one they have, we'll get to later, that's actually a shot of the movie is from the, the deleted scene at the end. So the alternate oh, okay. ending. Oh, I'd be curious to them. see that. Yeah, it's cool. By the end, I'll, I'll, you can either wait for it or I can go get it and I can show it. I can hold it up to the, the camera the Zoom meeting <laughs> and you can look at it.
0: We'll keep that one for the lads. But we'll, maybe we'll put up a scan on the social media and you'll be yeah. like, we know what you're talking about. I saw it before I even listened to the episode, lads. Yes, I know all about it. Yeah, I told you about it. Excuse me, listener. Yeah. Fucking dick. I'm sorry. Yeah, just, our listeners are pretty mean, man. They got to chill.
1: <laughs> we're just doing our
0: best here. We do this for you.
1: We're all for the fans. It's all for you.
0: Exactly. The fans are the original boss, and we're just a couple of insurance salesmen. Yep. Lighting their cigars. Exactly. <laughs> Neff hides in the back seat. They There's a nice little... I should also say, when she calls and says, hey, we're good to go, Neff is in with Barton. Yeah. They're, they're talking, and he he's just like, I'm <laughs> Yeah, plays it cool, and he's like, hey, can I meet up with you later? <laughs> and Bargain's like, nah, I'm going to stay here on your personal phone call. Fuck you, dude. On and F speaking.
2: I had to call you, Walter. It's very urgent. Are you with somebody?
3: Yes, I am. Uh, can I call you back, Margie?
2: No, you can't. I've only got a minute. I can't wait. Listen, he's going tonight on the train. Are you listening? Walter?
3: Yeah, I'm listening, Margie. Only uh, make a snappy, will you?
2: He's on crutches. The doctor says he can go if he's careful. The change will do him good. It's wonderful, Walter, just the way you wanted it on a train. Only with the crutches, it makes it much better, doesn't it?
3: Yeah. Yeah, that's 100% better. Hold the line of will you? Key, suppose I join you in your office. That's all right. I'll wait, only tell her not to take all day.
1: Yeah, Pretty it's like, rude, it's like come on, man. I'm trying. I'm trying to tell you that I'm trying to have a private conversation. And I want you to leave.
0: Yeah, and he's even like, I'm not even trying to be like it's with a you know a customer, which would have been a good move. Like, yeah, excuse me, I'm trying to sell this, but yeah, he, but he doesn't care. He's like, yeah, I want to make him plenty of money. I can do what I want, and even if it's with a woman, like yeah, she sounds sleazy to begin with. He keeps like disparaging his taste in women.
1: I think I think it was because they play it throughout the film, and especially towards the end, you see, it, is like that they had such a very close relationship, and absolutely. It, it was, very like mentor. Closer than you'd think, Dan. Like a father-mentor relationship. Um, yes. As much as, the, you know, Neff describes him as a curmudgeon and, and not a lot of people like him, Is you find throughout the film that, you know, he always kind of sticks by, Robinson always kind of sticks by him, so.
0: And that was uh, one of the other differences from novel to this was that Barton was a little softer around the edges. I think he was just kind of a, a grizzled piece of shit in the book completely. Uh, it wasn't that heart to heart that was so essential in this otherwise it's just like who's this annoying guy who never has a match <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> the talking little man about... inside him
0: yeah it takes a Pepto-Bismol or something yeah next tied in in the back seat plan's good to go he's in his navy suit we head to the tracks and they pull a certain way and, and Mr. Dietrichson is like hey what are you doing this isn't the whoa and we just stay on Phyllis's face which is great as presumably neff is snapping his neck right
1: yeah he's like he's snapping or strangling some some type of neck related death exactly
0: yes the guy make it look good for the train so all is well neff heads on the train he he keeps his head down and and phyllis handles all the particulars and gets him on the train all is looking good heads to the back of that comfortable looking train very homely looking you know there's like blinds on it
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, well, this is like golden age of, uh, still of, uh, trains. I mean, that Absolutely. was such a Never high better. point. Yeah. Life of luxury.
0: And who should be there but Dan's old friend, Mr. Yep, Jackson,
1: Mr. Jackson
0: played by Porter Hall. My name is Jackson. I'm going all the way to Medford, Medford, Oregon. Uh
1: huh. Yeah. What a, what a, what a just like a, it's like the perfect worm kind of guy. And he's just like, Oh, you know, I'm so-and-so I'm, yeah. I'm Medford, Oregon. And, perfect no, wrench I,
0: in the works like everything's exactly. going well and here's this motherfucker from oregon just being be nice and helpful
1: super talkative super in your like he's just like up in your business kind of guy like the exact opposite of what you want you have you have, been
0: a lot of trains dan i thought about that that, that, that thought I was, I was thinking about that i i mean i'm a big train guy i i mostly refuse to fly if it's in the country i don't it's not worth it <laughs> really um, yeah, I when I lived in Portland I and mean, when I would come back to Connecticut to visit home, I would take a train. It would take like three, four days. Wow! But I, but I loved it, and I would just say that there's a Mr. Jackson on every single one of these trains. You, oh, yeah. That guy it's... is very real. He's timeless. There's always someone talking to you. I mean, I, I, you hear this on planes too, but that you go to like a one of the viewing cars, the relaxation cars. You're just trying to read a book and look, and someone's right next to you going on and on. It's, where are you from?
1: Yeah, where yep. are you going?
0: It's and, of course, I'm from somewhere interesting, so everyone talks to me.
1: Yep. You're a gentleman.
0: Ooh. jelly. Yeah, exactly. I'm a gentleman, <laughs> um, I, and I put up with it. I like trains, and I have been on a fair amount,
1: but it's been a while. It's been a while since I've been on a train. I mean, and you could even argue, like, I mean, like, a subway. Like, I've been, you know, on subways a bunch, too, but, like, that's still a train. But uh, sure. as far as, like, cross-country trains, that counts. yeah, not as much. Um, but I like them. I'm, I'm a fan.
0: Last train I took was to Chicago last, in January of 2020 oh okay pre-pandemic that's cool yeah it was a good time did my first sleeper car on the way back and i loved it
1: was like one of those like bunks where everybody's yeah. in bunks and
0: well on the way there i'm like i forgot that i'm 30 at that time 35 and was like oh yeah i can't do the, the sitting anymore i'm i'm not a 20 year old yeah Get a sleeper car and it was so worth it and magical
1: and the time goes by so much faster,
0: too. It, it went by too fast yeah. compared to the other way when there was uh, just people up until 3, 4 in the morning and they would not shut the fuck up. And you're just looking at these like people that work at, on the train and you're just like, you guys going to say anything? They're like, you're not a sleeper <laughs> car. You're nobody. <laughs> oh, when the man. sleeper car. Everything changed. The fluff in my pillows. It was incredible.
1: Yeah. Game, Shout game out to trains. Changer. Game changer.
0: Just like the game change of we murdered a man and we've successfully, or so we think did the cover up neff gets mr jackson to go grab his cigars i believe mm-hmm.
1: yes exactly and he's so like he i got a
0: cigar right here here you go and he's like no 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 i need my particular cigars
1: so it's a cigarette so cigarette, he, yes. he, he offers him cigarettes said, No, i only smoke cigars yeah. yes
0: which perfect excuse
1: exactly I'm, I'm yeah right it, it say, works
0: i'll turn down a c- cigarette any day of the week stogie i might listen to you yeah. So he says, "Can you please go get him all the way in the back?" And so he heads there, and he's like, "All right, now's the time to <laughs> throw the crutches and jump off jump this off. fifteen mile per hour moving yep. train."
1: Yeah. Fortunately, it was going only fifty miles an hour.
0: So Phyllis is there. She f- flashes the lights. Also earlier, before she kills uh, Mister Dietrichson, she does a horn honk, and he's like, "Why are you honking the horn?" That was a good time.
1: The yeah, that was the the, 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 sig- the signal to. No, like...
0: that's okay to snap his neck. But that was just a nice touch because usually you hear like a horn honk and it's like alone and it's a nice signal, but it's never the guy who's about to get killed being like, what are you doing? Exactly. That's for me?
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, the, that, the entire plot is great. Like as far as like the, the murder plot and the, and the design of it, it's just that whole sequence is, is, is just really good.
0: Absolutely. And again, I love how they just stayed on Phyllis's face, you know, his way around these codes, but sometimes he yeah. gets such brilliant things out of it. And there's so many good reveals too. Like even when he goes out to smoke and there's Mr. Jackson, like, oh. Uh, wilder is a master of revelations it's great yes and and suspense so we did it we go and the car doesn't start which was actually based off of a, uh, because billy wilder one day after a shooting day couldn't get his car to start and he was like i'm throwing this in i love real life what a great idea yeah and it's, it is it is
1: really good yeah, it you're, is, yeah. Your whole you the like, suspense yeah you're like come on
0: and you know it's like come on but it's enough where he's just like here let me try and it works like where it's like yeah. okay it's just everyone's nervous right he just killed someone you know even though it's as we later learned phyllis it's not her first rodeo no murder rodeo at all been
1: there been there done that
0: uh, exactly she got a fucking t-shirt damn <laughs> <laughs> so we meet mr norton who's played by richard Gaines. he runs the insurance company and he says i think this is a suicide but key says nah there's no way and at first it seems like he has no suspicions he believes it and you know mcmurray's like i ah, felt like you were on our side you're you're playing for us we love you old boy
1: yeah because again because he, he loves me sticks by def you yes. know, all, all the way and yeah so it's like yeah it's almost like he, he's working for me because he, he's, he's
0: helping us out but then his little man who uh he's had for 26 years he said which caught me off guard at first <laughs> because it's it a like, long time is this man 26 years old but no that's just how long he's been in insurance and it's like he didn't have a, a, a conscience or that little thing nagging away at him until he started working in insurance. That's interesting.
1: That little uh, in- investigator or inquisitor yes, wasn't there before them.
3: Little man of yours is acting up again, huh? Eh? There's something wrong with the Dietrichson case. Why, because he didn't file a claim? Maybe he just didn't have time. Maybe he just didn't know that he was insured. No, no, that couldn't be it. Uh, you delivered the policy to him personally, didn't you? Yeah. You got his check. Sure I did.
2: Had any bicarbonate of soda?
3: No, I haven't. Walter, I've been living with this little man for 26 years. He's never failed me yet. There's got to be something wrong. Well, maybe Norton was right.
0: Maybe it was suicide. No, not suicide. But not an accident either. But I love every time he refers to the little man. I mean, the the full Barton Keyes character is just perfect. Out of all the characters, is just so fully realized. Even though it's just the... I don't want to say a bit part, because it is there enough, but... It's small, but it's great. It's so Yeah, and Edward G. Robinson's
1: just great too. Like he's Absolutely. just such a, it's such a perfect actor for that role anyway. So Yeah, just, and him it, and McMurray I
0: mean you really believe that talk about chemistry. Those two yeah. you just really believe that friend, fatherly relationship.
1: Mentor, yeah.
0: But eventually his little man says, I don't know, I think Phyllis might be in on this. I think she's having an affair. He's not quite sure with who yet. Nino is a possibility. So he says we're gonna hold off on this. I think we're gonna we're not gonna pay this accidental death clause.
1: Yeah, because yeah, because she was get the settlement. She and she made a whole thing because they they bring they brought her they in. They bring her in, yes. Her, and uh, and she basically does a really good job of acting. I'm you know, just saying, like, how oh, she has got
0: the the morning veil yes. over her her like, eyes, I can't, I can't over believe,
1: her wig. Yeah, I can't believe you would think about this. Blah, blah blah blah. It's like I don't care about money. You know, blah blah blah. Yeah, she didn't even know that
0: there was yeah. that clause, quote unquote. Yeah. And there's some glances exchanged between her and and Neff that are wonderful. Yes. And so uh, Norton's not convinced, or Barton's not convinced, pardon me. And he says, I'm going to look into this one. Even though Neff is like, oh boy, please just drop it. (laughs) We're just just trying to enjoy ourselves. We're laying low. We're going to the grocery store, sometimes with cool sunglasses. (laughs) Yes. She
1: does have some great sunglasses when they go to the, the grocery store. That one sequence, yeah.
0: So Barton Keyes is gonna be looking for proof. And then we also, we get a little more Lola who is played by Jean Heather and she does a great job. I really like Lola. Yes,
1: yeah, I, li- I like Lola.
0: I'm not too familiar with her work, but I wonder if she's gonna pop up in some more film noir.
1: I think she she actually didn't, I, I, looked, I looked it up. She didn't really act in a whole lot of films. There was a handful that she did around that time and then she stopped. So she didn't have a very long career. I think, yeah. I, think I read that she got married and I guess she just decided to not act anymore.
0: I love those people who are just like hey, I'm, just dipping in, dip I'm out. Yep. Like yeah, yeah, I was in a movie, but you know, I'm your old pal from PTA. <laughs> yep. Well, yeah,
1: exactly. And also, like when you do a double a movie like Double Indemnity, it's hard to like where do you go from like like where do you go from there? You know, it's such a good movie. Absolutely, yeah. It's almost like it. going out going out on a high note, like George Costanza. You know, it's exactly. just like it's like all right, I'm out. I, I often Indemnity. think of
0: George Costanza when I think of Double Indemnity. Yeah, I mean, I do too baby what do you think of all the babies in this this is the first time that i really was noticing them Not maybe it's just because we just just did mitchum and he does such a great baby and then all of a sudden you get to say like, yeah baby it, may, it made me think of you actually
1: because i feel like you do say it a lot and i do. And like and 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 maybe it really i was like man this is great like he says baby all the time in the movie
0: <laughs> and that's basically what i'm referencing is that kind of like yeah baby he yeah. says it a lot it, it's you want to play the out of the podcast drinking game <laughs> drink, drink every babies <laughs>
1: you'll be it's, pretty drunk
0: you will be fucked up for sure. Yeah. I mean, if you're drinking, have some seltzer water, you know. Have, have a, a, a hit of seagrass or carrot juice. Yeah. Keep it healthy. We're getting older. We got to look out for these guts. Sure do. MT, or Nickelodeon's guts. I almost said MTV's guts. That would have <laughs> been a great show. <laughs> <laughs> they should. They take on the license?
1: was was like so a combination. Calm, they can. I was going to say, it was like a combination of like singled out and like guts <laughs> like, together. Oh my
0: God. That would be great all right, I'm editing that part out because we're keeping that to ourselves. Yeah. That's <laughs> the best cool. part of our podcast is how many game shows we're going to end up with by yes. the end of it.
1: Oh, I've got, but, I've got lots of ideas.
0: It's true. It's been referenced before, and it's going to keep on coming, baby. There you go. There's one for the fans. Lola tells Neff she, she thinks Phyllis is involved. Um, her mother also died under suspicious circumstances, and Phyllis was the nurse at that time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So uh-oh. Very shady very very shady and that's when you start to think hey maybe something's up with her does not actually love Neff. i wonder and you know Nef, he's conti- he keeps seeing lola which is interesting
1: yeah i thought that was weird like i, I feel like a lot of it was them you know he's trying to because she basically she he was afraid that she's going to go to the the police and start yeah and the whole jig is up. open yeah but i think i think he does like her a little bit too i think i he, think so too i think he does yeah because um, there's that scene where they're at the they're at the hollywood Bowl. Like far in the back in the woods and watching, it and she's kind of really. Yeah, if I hadn't
0: him. seen the Hollywood Bowl like so many times in my life, I would have no idea what that blur was in the background.
1: I mean, yeah, it's like rear projection. Sort but of that thing. was
0: fascinating how how old that thing is. The yeah, yeah,
1: it's been around. I yeah, but all, right? I, no,
0: I, I I liked that.
1: Yeah, there was like a little sense. Of, I mean, they went to the beach together. They yes went out to dinner, all sorts of stuff.
0: And at, at the same time, Barbara Stanwyck is kind of doing something similar with Nino Zacchetti as well. She's been seeing him and turning him against. Uh, Lola.
1: Yeah. And, and she's using him to try to have a, a fall guy
0: as yes. well, you know, for the, the whole plot. Cause she's an expert. She knows what she's doing. Yeah. No, she does. And so keys brings in a witness. He's got Mr. Jackson.
1: Yep. Great sequence.
0: And I don't know if this has happened yet. I, I, I didn't see it. It's sort of something I learned after the fact. It's a great, great sequence. Absolutely. And, and we'll get into it. But um, Raymond Chandler actually has a cameo in the movie. He's sitting outside of Keys's office reading a magazine. Yes. and actually, other than a snippet from a whole movie, there's no footage of him known anywhere. So that that's really all you get from him is in this movie, which is yeah, fantastic. it's very rare. And it's great because you know they, Chandler and Wilder had such a tough time working together, but it's like he's still showing up on the set. Like everyone's, they just know how to deal with each other. And know that genius is going to come from it, right? And I, I really respect that, especially from Wilder. He knows what he's doing. I'm, I think this guy's going to be a hit.
1: Yeah, he's going places.
0: So Mr. Jackson's there, and he's like, "Hey, Neff, don't I know you from somewhere?" oh yeah you know i know nef up in oregon you yeah know? everyone's been to oregon yeah and so nef he's he's feeling worried he's feeling that he he knows that barton and keys and his little man are on the job and they're good they know what they're doing
1: well i, I love in that scene when they're, they're having the conversation and he's he's telling barton about everything and then you know you got nef kind of kind of walking and pacing around the back and and then you get Jackson looking around at him and he's trying to like hide his face, just like he did on the train. He's yep. trying to play going. He's like, don't I know you from somewhere? Like, and you, and you're feeling that tension. Cause you're like, you're like, is this when he's going to get found out? And that I love that throughout this whole, after, after everything happens. So it's, you're really drawn into what's going to happen to Mrs. Diedrichsen and, and Neff, like what's going to happen to them. Are they going to get found out and by who, like, who's going to, yes. like who's going to really do them in. So I, I, I think it's great. I think it's played
0: so well. Here's one problem with this movie though, Dan, what's that? the only problem. But it's it has entirely to do with it, uh, its time. This is our first one we've done with a little, little hint of racism in it.
1: Yeah, again, yeah, it's the first time I think it's been kind of brought up. Yeah, and it's, it's I mean, it's
0: uh, it, you know, it's not too major. It could be a lot worse, but it, it yeah. is like the first one where you get a little like ooh. That yeah. Is, which we've done a good job of avoiding so far. Yes. So. yes. I, I also just wanted to shout us out that it took us 15 episodes to get a little racist. Yeah. It yeah. happens. It's unfortunate. It, it, TCM, I know they've been doing all these like introductions to recontextualize, and so they're on top of it.
1: It's amazing, like like with like a point to that. It's amazing the amount of people that I've seen. Like I, I try to spend less time on social media in general, but like you know, I, I do follow TCM, I do follow stuff, and just the amount of people that you know get so angry about that sort of thing. It's like no, you don't learn anything if you don't learn from the past. Like if you don't learn and 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 contextualize things and understand what has been done and what's been said you can't change or you can't grow and you can't un- learn and understand things mm-hmm. um and, and these are the
0: same people that were mad when they were like oh they're taking it off and it's like well this is what it's gonna take to keep it on the air is yeah. is, is some nuance and some explanations yeah and also who cares just like step in the other room for two seconds if you're bothered by it. right yeah <laughs> it's yeah it's ridiculous yeah that's what we learned from these comment sections for the stuff that we like of this ilk is that it's full of geezers and they're all terrible they love the racism in this movie, so uh, they're all cheering when it comes up, and that's why we have such a low sixty-six and uh, up listenership. We're in a good, solid thirty-five enough. to forty-five. Yeah, yeah, that's who I'm. That's who kn- we're looking know. for. Yeah, they, they say, "ew, gross," but we can move past it, just like we are right now, Dan. Yep. <laughs> Nef goes to Phyllis to the house. He's gonna face this thing head on. He's, he wants it to be over. He's feeling guilty. The pressure's on. He's seeing that Phyllis has her plans. He still loves her, I would say. Well, do we do we miss the point where, like, that little scene
1: with him and Zucchetti, where
0: Zacchetti? Well, that kind of... Well, well, this is what I was going to get into. So okay. he, when he's heading to the house, he's there, like, in the bushes or something, right?
1: Yes, he's... In, he's I, yeah. Well, I yeah. think he's about to go up and then notices Zucchetti and then kind of... It says, hey, yeah.
0: by the way everything's cool lola she loves you here's a, here's, a, here's
1: a nickel or whatever here's a nickel.
0: go give her a call and get out of my face
1: he's like oh he's like no why don't you go buy an ice cream <laughs> like he tries <laughs> to throw it back i like that whole sequence is great he's like no you idiot just go go he's like i don't know why lola likes you just get out of here bro.
0: i know i know lola likes him you know, so cool like what a cool thing to say like hey go get your ice cream like yeah you know, he's, he's got some good lines but he's a hothead though like all right, Fred McMurray, this is your first go-round at being a cool guy, baby, but this is how it's done. He's like, let me show you it's how a to be cool. He it done.
1: I'll tell you, I'll tell you, go get an ice cream. That's yeah, how you definitely. do
0: it. <laughs> it's so cool.
1: Keep your nickel and buy yourself an ice cream cone.
0: Also, we froze a little bit there, so I wonder if we were talking over each other. This is going to be a fun listen in the edit, Dan, this one.
1: I think actually it's been going pretty well. Like, on my side, it's actually sounded pretty okay. I think Even, it both, even when there's interruptions, I think it's... When there's a little...
0: It's, they've been few and far between, but when they come up, I've been, like, just making sure to pause and hopefully not talk over what's happening.
1: No, You're doing a fine job.
0: Thank you. See, I was going to edit that part out, but you just put in a compliment for me. If I didn't believe it.
1: <laughs> or, or, or it's just like a little isolated thing where you just put that in at different points. Like, like no, you, you're, you're wonderful. Check and out the new introduction.
0: It. It's just, hey, you're wonderful. Welcome to the <laughs> podcast. I'm wonderful. <laughs> exactly. So Nino goes. He tells him to get out of here. He heads inside. And he says, "I know what's what's going on. Nino's not going to kill me. You're not going to pull any tricks on me, Phyllis. I got you figured out." But she shoots him.
1: Well, there's, and there's that great set. She puts
0: she puts the gun in the under the cushion.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, where she's preparing. Fail. Yeah. Yeah,
0: which is weird because like it seems like in a way she's trying not to use fingerprints on it, the way she just puts it under. But then she's you know she's using the gun, so her fingerprints are definitely on it. It is a make, fr- like a dainty way to like, oh, oh, and it wasn't even like, you know, like you would think you'd want to position that gun properly in the cushion for easy grab. I don't know. I'm fine with it. I'm just saying. I
1: think good. it was for the effect for the camera.
0: Oh, <laughs> I'm not thinking of Hollywood enough. I apologize.
1: Yeah. Well, I think she knew the camera was there. So she wanted to, you know, like the office, you know what I mean? Like, you know, the camera's there. So you just kind of break, break the fourth wall a little bit. and
0: British office, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> whichever, whichever one, whichever one you'd like yeah whatever your mileage uh, can take that's a good question for me i don't even know anymore <laughs> so she shoots him that's what she's like oh by the way now that i've just shot you and i'm ready to kill you because he says yeah go ahead shoot me again but there's no second shot and she, she says I-, I never thought i even loved you until a-, a minute ago when i couldn't fire that second shot
3: why didn't you shoot again baby Don't tell me it's because you've been in love with me all this time.
2: No, I never loved you, Walter. Not you or anybody else. I'm rotten to the heart. I used you just as you said. That's all you ever meant to me. Until a minute ago. When I couldn't fire that second shot. I never thought that could happen to me.
3: Sorry, baby. I'm not
0: buying.
2: I'm not asking you to buy. Just hold me close.
0: Like, do you believe? Write. Do you no. believe that, Dan? I feel like she never loved him to begin with. Never. No, no way. And that's no what way. I like about this movie. That there's really no question about it. Like she is just rotten to the core.
1: Yeah, and it's very like, like you said, it's very, it's very un, it's it's very subtle in a way. Like she plays it so well, where you don't know that. Like for throughout most of the film, like you do believe, or led to believe throughout the film that she really. Loves Neff and wants to, yeah, and that her husband's get, like yeah. super abusive, right? And then she's ready because yeah, he won't let her. It gets mad when she buys hats. Like he's just very, just like verbally and abusive. And, of her. and he did
0: seem a little prickly. So you know yeah. when we do meet him the the couple times, so it he, he he's yeah. it seems believable. It, it seems believable, but it might just be that he's just a dick. And yeah, <laughs> that was on you from marrying him, right? But yes, I, I I don't think she really felt love for anybody. No, usually these things. I mean, there is money involved with the crime, but it, it doesn't seem like that this is as greedy, you know, because he's the one that brought up double indemnity.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah, and that came a little bit later too. I mean, they were, I think he was already kind of ready to do, they were already kind of ready to do the plot. He's like, oh, by the way, there's this thing called double indemnity where you can get. Yeah, we could
0: th- really cash out. Yeah, you know?
1: exactly. So yeah, it, it was kind of like, that was like the icing on the cake and all Here's like
0: another that. question for you then, Dan. Do you think they would have gotten away with it if they didn't get greedy with that double indemnity? If they just went for indemnity? single indemnity? it's a good question um, because it is how much they the insurance company as soon as they found out that they'd really have to pay out on this one that's instantly when they were like it's a suicide uh, there's you know they, they're really just working to not pay her they're, they're ready to take her to court
1: my thought was that uh, and, and I, I think there are there are probably some reasons I could find and you could find but one of the things that I grasp, try to grasp with, with this film is that why they try to do it so soon after he signed the policy, because doesn't that seem more fishy that that he just so happens to, to sign a new thing for, for life insurance for the first time.
0: For, I for think some insurance. of that might just be to do it before he, Mr. Dietrichson, finds out, like, oh, you did what in my name? Right. You know, like, find out how what the policies are, you know, because eventually they have to send him paperwork, because they yeah. they even have him sign it and her they say, Hey, you send a check for the audio auto insurance, your name's on the policy. So you know, that way there's not too much suspicion as far as that goes, but you know, clearly there's suspicion.
1: But then again, he made the check out just to the Pacific all risk and he didn't say what it was for. And then he mentions that in the in the uh, the voiceover. So it like it could be for anything. So he right. had no well, knowledge. Just,
0: but I mean, like I don't know if they're sending receipts or anything like that. I'm sure he's gonna read his mail at one point and is like, I paid for what? you know. I when can the see email on
1: the receipt, you know
0: exactly. I could see that part being speeding it up a little bit, but I okay. agree. It's it's not, but it's too fast even still. Exactly. It seems. Why don't very, you just take his mail and hide it or something? It, you know. Yeah. They just they they didn't take enough time to really think it out. But I mean, right. if you do, I guess you don't have a movie. So there you go. That's true. So she says, "Hey, I love you. I'm not gonna fire that second shot. Come in for a nice good old Phyllis Bear hug, and yep. then we hear goodbye, baby." That's the postman ringing twice, right? Yep. Bang, bang. Shout sure out to is. James M. Kane. He loves that joke. The estate is <laughs> cracking up over here. They You're love this for thing. it. So now we cut back to the present, which that's yeah, a fun thing with these wilder ones. You know, you, you get to come back to the present after a whole voiceover from the past. Also, the present, speaking of the past, really. Um <laughs>
1: <laughs> where are we now i don't know yeah. I, I, i've lost and you, back see, where we
0: are. you see so much more blood on his shoulder and he's like all right i think we're all set but it turns out that we're not all set the janitor called barton keys and said this guy's bleeding all over the place i'm just a janitor you're not paying he probably called saying hey, you're gonna give me a bonus for cleaning up yeah. this blood right
1: come come get your dude <laughs> and then barton
0: keys was like bonus i'll be there immediately
1: yeah, he, he heads
0: over there and They say how long have you been listening He says long enough Do you think that was the first time that line was ever used
1: No I don't think so
0: I'm, I'm curious to know who did it first I could see it just because this is such a famous and oft copied movie that. Could I feel like it been. had
1: to have been somewhere
0: before that though Well we're going to look into that one And we'll yeah. get back to you I hope it's the first time um, Be cool and so Neff is like, well, I'm going to head to Mexico. I just was, you know, letting you know what was going on. See you later. But he's lost <laughs> too much blood. He shouldn't yeah. have spent all of his time, hour 40, telling us about a movie. Yeah. And he's not going to make it. He pulls out a cigarette. And this time you get Barton Keyes lighting the cigarette, lighting the match. Which As is they
1: wait for the ambulance to come. Yeah.
0: Very, very cool. Great I ending. The, I love that switching room. It is a great ending. To a great movie. Yes. Now that ending... And then in the novel and actually was filmed, Mm -hmm. there was a gas chamber. Yes. That would, I believe came immediately after the end. Yes. Bleeds out. And then you show him in the gas chamber. And that was a a big part of what the, the Hayes code had an issue with. Yes. Correct. It was pretty uh, gruesome. As as I said, the footage and sound elements are unfortunately lost, but there still are some production stills that exist, Mm -hmm. And, And we will show you some in our social media. Yes, and despite having to pay a hundred thousand dollars for McMurray, Stanwick, and Robinson, and some money for the writing, and he took a, a little bit of money for himself, he still came in under budget, under a million. That's so, that's good. That,
1: that's damn good. I think before I before I forget, I would like to mention that there was uh, a whole litigation issue with a uh, a low, lower budget B film noir called Signal Indemnity. Signal Indemnity. <laughs> Uh, starring Ann Savage.
0: Oh wow, uh, I just made that joke too.
1: Yes, no, it exists. Um, it, it came out in 1945 or it was, it was done by 1945. It stars uh, Ann Savage and Hugh Beaumont of Leave it to Beaver fame, the dad yes. on Leave it to Beaver. But uh, they got in all kinds of trouble because they were basically trying to, co- it was basically like a copycat uh, and they were trying to cash in. Even in like the late 70s, you know, everybody was trying to cash in on Star Wars. Like the same type of idea with like, imagine like you know, a movie like Double Indemnity and then they got like a small poverty row company i forget which uh company did that but i don't think i don't even know if that movie was ever actually released because of it i don't i don't think it was um just because it got so caught up in the uh legality of it let me see if i can find it
0: i mean you could do loose inspirations but when you're just straight up going single indemnity (laughs) you are uh, asking for it
1: so here's what happened so it, it was released by prc uh which is the same company that released detour and, that and you also get Ant Savage. Aunt, Aunt Savage. They ha- what happened was they actually had to change the title. That's what it was. Okay. So, they, so they changed it from Single Indemnity to Apology for Murder.
0: It's a great name. Way better. Yes. And I, I really want to see it. I think it's hard they to copy, but, but I, I would love to see it. Hopefully we'll, we'll catch it at some point in, down the line, either a re-release or we're going to find it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd love it just to see another uh, Ant Savage. I, 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 I haven't really we seen always need more Anne Savage. Yeah, I haven't seen much else besides Detour, so I'd, 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 I'd like to see it.
0: We're, we're going to find you another Ann Savage down the line. It yes. might be this, or we might be apologizing for another type of murder.
1: Yes. Or apologizing for something else.
0: We got a lot to apologize for, so. Yes. Yeah, we, we got the apology tour coming immediately after this episode. Yes. Double Indemnity's first theatrical engagement was at Keith's in Baltimore on July 3rd, 1944, and then opened nationwide on July 6th, 1944, and it was immediate hit with audiences, even though campaign by singer Kate Smith told the public to stay away on moral grounds. James <laughs> M. Kane recalled that, quote, there was a little trouble caused by this fat girl, Kate Smith, who, called, who carried on a propaganda asking people to stay away from the picture. Her advertisement probably put a million dollars on its gross. Wow. Yes. Kane was very pleased with the way the book turned out on the screen. Out of all his adaptations, this was his favorite one. He saw the picture about a half dozen times and was quoted as saying, It's the only picture I ever saw from my books that had things in it I wish I had thought of. Wilder's ending was so much better than my ending and his device for letting the guy tell the story by taking out of the office dictating machine. I would have done it if I had thought of it. Anyway.
1: Yeah. No, I mean they 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 definitely made made it much better. I mean I, without reading the novel, I can only imagine, like based on what I've heard of it, it seems like this the movie with everything else in it, I, I think, you know, with the addition of Chandler and Wilder involved in it, it made it that much better for sure.
0: Chandler, he really only did one other like full-on script. He did uh, The Blue Dahlia, 1946 with mm. Alan Ladd and Veronica Lake.
1: Veronica Lake, yep. You seen that one? I'm trying to remember. I feel like I have, but maybe not. I can't remember now. I've seen, I've seen so many movies anymore. <laughs> sometimes I forget. We'll um, get to
0: it. Do we have any Veronica Lakes coming up? We need to schedule one soon, if not.
1: We need one, yeah. Um, I think I have seen that one. I'm sure I we'll look I up have. the
0: plot and then figure yeah, out that yeah. it's been done.
1: I do, I do like Veronica Lake, so I would, I would not be opposed to that.
0: Well, that's all the facts I have for this one. Do you have any other final thoughts on Double Indemnity, Dan?
1: I just love it. <laughs> and, you know, no other way to say it. I, mean, I know we've said it throughout. It holds up. It holds up very well, and, 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 and like I said earlier, it's, it's one of those movies that you, you can know what happens, you can see it so many times, but yet, every time, I'm so invested in it. Like I, I, no matter what, like I, you know, I'm, I'm hanging on every Every word, every It's perfect. There's not a, it. a yeah, wasted exactly. scene.
0: There's nothing you would, you, you could even really criticize about it. um And it's, it's funny because it is so imitated, but at the same time, there's no movie like it. You're, you're not getting exactly. insurance and noir plots. It's very much its own thing, and that definitely stands out. For sure,
1: yeah. But, but no, I, I think it's great. And yeah, like I said, I'm glad, I'm glad we finally got to, to do it because I feel like it's been long overdue. That's the problem a... with
0: these famous ones, you know. We, we never know when to do them, and I think we do a pretty good job. Of,
1: Balancing
0: it up. Yeah. No, Not to to compliment us before, and here's a perfect time for that sound clip of you saying that uh, I do a good job. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Insert that in. Here's my sound clip of saying, right back at you, Dan. Or baby. (laughs) Right back at you, baby. There you go. The power of editing. Yes. Um, So join us Monday. We're going to do a little more Double Indemnity, but this time it's going to be the remake, and then come back Thursday to join the lads for... 1947's crossfire yes we're coming back to mitchum
3: ladies and gentlemen of the motion picture going public i want to tell you about a film we've just completed called crossfire which will be in this theater very soon on february 13th 1947 The final script of Crossfire was mimeographed and distributed to executives and department heads. At this time, a date for start of production is usually set up. But in the case of Crossfire, final decision was postponed. This script dealt with a subject that alarmed some people at the studio. And memos crossed my desk, which ran something like this. Are you sure the public will want to see this? It's a terrific story, but should we lead with our chins?
2: This is very outspoken, but have we got enough nerve to make it?
3: Are you sure audiences will buy this kind of entertainment? But remembering the success of films like Grapes of Wrath and I'm a Fugitive from a Chain Gang, I felt that audiences still want to see courageous motion pictures. So we decided to go ahead with Crossfire. Enthusiasm and excitement are the words which best describe the feeling of all who took part in the production of this film stars like Robert Young, Robert Mitchum, and Robert Ryan, and one of the best casts we have ever used in a film, including Gloria Graham, Paul Kelly, Sam Levine, Jacqueline White, and two new boys, George Cooper and William Phipps. The picture was rushed to completion, for its theme was both timely and important. And finally, we were ready for preview. We sneak previewed the film in New York City and Los Angeles. Ordinarily, we picture makers use words like sensational, terrific, and colossal to describe our product. But this time, you, the American picture audience, gave us our words. And here they are. Crossfire is one of the best pictures I've seen in years. At last, Hollywood comes of age.
2: I and my whole family compliment you on your honesty and courage.
3: Don't cut one frame or one word of Crossfire. I shall remember Crossfire as long as I live. Crossfire will be here very soon. I respectfully urge you to
0: see it. This movie just came out from Warner Archive. I think you and I have had it like a week before we finally get to review this. That worked out too that we scheduled it and it came in time. I was wondering. I was, was nervous
1: good. about it to be honest. I was too. I thought yeah. it was going
0: to get bumped and I, I was almost ready to bump it up just to get to it this week, but I'm glad we didn't. Fun thing about the, the spine of this is it says crossfire parentheses 1947. That's how I was able to just pull the year so quickly.
1: I didn't even look at that. It's just it's interesting. I didn't. I, I got I got the Blu-ray, but I didn't look at the spine. I of it. don't
0: know why it says that. Possibly by the time we get to that episode, I'll have an answer for you. But I'm excited to check this in out. We've never seen it. This is a has a lot more World War II in it. Yep. And um, star the cast. And speaking of racism, we got a little anti-Semitism in this one. Yeah. But it's a battle against it.
1: Yes, and, so and be- I think it's one of the first times where it was really talked about in film. And it, like the box production. says a yes.
0: uh, topic rarely before explored in films so yes we're gonna look we're gonna, looking forward to this one this look to it's got mitchum we're gonna have a great time no matter what but let's see if everyone else can pull it off huh we got robert young robert ryan there's three roberts in this movie trifecta of roberts and this was rko as well i've confirmed
1: RKO is usually a good time. So bonuses. I think I think it's got the ingredients.
0: We got RKO. We got Mitchum. Fucking, you got the lads. That's a perfect episode, folks. We are going to see you there next week on the podcast. Dan, you got anything to add before we say goodnight?
1: Nope. I I think we said it
0: all. It's true. Well, we might have a little more to say on Monday. Join us then. And until then, here's the crime. Here's the crime.